My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? John Cass hosts a great podcast called The State of Global Agile Marketing. John, tell listeners what to expect from the show. The State of Global Agile Marketing seeks to discover how agile marketing is being deployed in different countries around the world. I interview marketers at brands, at agencies, or who are consultants, and explore how companies in different countries are now using agile marketing. Agile marketing is the Use of agile methods to manage the marketing process. Interesting. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at globalagilemarketing.com, on marketingpodcast.net, or search for the state of global agile marketing wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. Maybe if you have a, a specific political opinion and you've liked a post that's related to that political opinion, you don't really want to have a discussion about that with your friends. You've just liked it to support it. And maybe you don't want everyone else to see what your political opinion is. I mean, we know with voting, people are often very um, cautious about saying who they voted for, same kind of thing. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Extra Shot. This is the podcast that we record live on LinkedIn every Friday where we talk about the hottest story in digital marketing for the week. My name is Amanda Webb, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Making Sang. Say hello. 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 And I can see we've got lots of people joining us today, which is fabulous. Thanks for joining us. And um, in this show, as I said, we discuss the hottest news topic of the week. And we also discuss who won the internet and who lost the internet. So which one will we go for first, making? Well, shall we... Um Shall we see what a Google animal I am today? Because we normally discuss that. <gasps> yes, before, sorry. Yes, I'm all very discombobulated because of the tech issues we were having. I think it might be a plug-in that's interfering. <laughs> I mean, anyway, make all the excuses. So, okay, making. What animal is making this week? So my hint is that you are, you've got a very deep voice and I don't know why I'm saying that. You like rolling around in the mud. And you are very, very large. <laughs> an elephant? In the same ballpark as an elephant. Uh, you may sometimes be pink. Hippopotamus. Like 
Yes, you are a hippopotamus this week. So I don't know why I said it had a very deep voice, but it does in my head. So now I expect you to have a very deep voice for everything. Brilliant. I do like the... I do like the hippos in uh, Fantasia with the little pink tutus. So, <laughs> yes, yes. If I thought of that, that would have been a better hint, wouldn't it? Okay, so <laughs> making is a hippo in the nicest possible way. Will we talk about the new the the internet winners and losers? Then I'm very excited to talk about the internet winner actually, and I can see we've been joined by Paul here, who is also in Ireland. So he heard this story because it's an Irish one this week. So I'm already going to say we're going to start with the the who won the internet story. Um, I think we should, and I just want to say hello to Curtis, Jessica, and uh, Howard Howie as well. So why Great. don't we start with the internet winner? Yes, so the internet winner is, let me set the scene, there's a big beach on the coast of Ireland near Dublin, it's part of Dublin, but near near Dublin, and the other day, earlier this week, a big hole was discovered in this beach, it was a two-tier hole, and inside this hole there was a rock. So the news got hold of this, and they brought in a guy from Astronomy Island, they went down, they had a look, and... Even though the rock was very big for what I for the size of the hole, they decided it had been a meteorite had hit the beach. And oh wow, a meteorite has hit Port Marnock Beach in Ireland. Big news. It's on the national news discussing it and how the meteorite was a bit scorched, so this is the way that it came down. Until two lads on social media revealed a video of themselves the previous Saturday digging the hole with a plastic spade so it wasn't a meteorite at all now i don't know did they put the rock in there did someone else put the rock in there was the rock naturally there but it was just a big hole that they'd done and it went wild on the internet i haven't even been like the video has been downloaded and shared a million times people are loving it it was honestly it made me laugh it made my day One of the DJs on a a big radio station here today, FM, Dave Moore, had announced on social media that his wife had said she dug the hole. And that went wild for a while before this video was uh, released. And then then his wife said, no, I didn't dig that hole. I don't know what you're talking about. So that became a big story. And honestly, the whole thing has made me happy all week. So big internet winner in Ireland are the two lads who dug the hole in Parkport, Marnock Beach, made a video of themselves doing it and convinced the world that, in fact, a meteorite had hit. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. What what a joyous story. What a joyous story. <laughs> and you know what? Usually when we get on to the next bit, which is the who lost the internet, we usually feel a bit miserable at the end of the the who lost the internet story. But I know you've got one that kind of swings both ways, wins and loses. So tell us about that. Absolutely. So I'll start with the news headline, actually. Uh, and this is what caught my eye. So um, in speech marks, get back into the kitchen. So obviously it piqued my interest. Um, and um, the title, the, uh, the rest of the news headline was what happened when Jill Scott and Gary Neville swapped social media accounts. So two former England internationals, they swapped their um, ex 
uh, Twitter, Twitter X <laughs> account. They didn't tell anybody and they swapped it for five days. Now, it's really no surprise that uh, when um, our, both commentators were tweeting at uh, Xing posting, <laughs> I can't get used to the new yeah. terms, um, were uh, tweeting um, on um, their um, opposite uh, posts. It was really surprising because uh, Gary Neville um, was receiving, you know, post uh, negative comments, of course, because he was posting on Jill Scott's account. And Jill Scott posing as Gary was getting, you know, not you know not as brutal um attacks if that makes sense so it was really really interesting um and it really helped gary now to understand what it's like to really step into the shoes of um you know a professional female um athlete and receiving all these horrible horrible sexist uh, comments and of course you know for jill to step into Gary Neville's shoes, the um, the abuse that he got wasn't nearly as brutal as she's been receiving for gazillion years. Um, and it was really, really interesting because this was a, um, a an experiment that Heineken did. They called it the social swap. Uh, and uh, and it was just really, really, really interesting. So, you know, the, the attacks that um, Jill Scott's account received were things like get back into the kitchen, stick to the game, um, you know, love, uh, you know, lots of really condescending, very ignorant tweets like that. Um, and, um, and so Gary was saying that, you know, it reminds him of... Um, you know, his mum uh, getting banned from playing football uh, for the boys team in the 70s. Uh, and it made the local newspaper because the FA actually banned her from playing football. So it is actually something very uh, dear to um, Gary Neville's uh, heart, obviously being brought up like that. Um, he's got two daughters who are keen football fans as well. So he's very, very passionate about striving for equality. Um, and, um, and yeah, it, it was just really, really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, and we love Heineken for uh, for doing this. Uh, so ironically, it's the uh, commentators, you know, the trollers who are the internet losers, but Heineken and Jill Scott and Gary Neville are the internet winners for this social experiment. But not as good as digging a hole in a beach. I'm just, just going to preempt that. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I feel like we need to talk a little bit about, so they made a video of uh, Jill and Gary having a chat about the different comments they got. And I just thought we would talk a little bit about that because your initial reaction to that was hilarious making. What did you say? Well, I said that they were terrible actors. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. You know, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean that you can say things naturally. So obviously they've been put in this like weird you know, they sat them down and stuck lights at them and cameras at them and said, right, have a conversation about the comments you got. Just read them out. And obviously that's not something everyone can do. And I think sometimes we forget how hard it is to be an actor. So definitely yeah. worth watching that video if you can catch it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So that is our internet winners and our internet losers. We are going to move on to our story of the week. And after our story of the week, we're going to open the floor. If any of you who are listening, and I can see there's quite a few of you now, if you any of you want to join in with your own thoughts and comments, we will bring you in. But just to let you know, we are recording this for our podcast, The Extra Shot, which goes out every Monday at 12 noon. And if we've got something extra, extra to say, we have a bonus show on a Wednesday and you can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. Just look for The Extra Shot and myself and making pointing at the camera on a purple background. So with that in mind, I'm also going to take an ad break. And this is just for the people who are listening on the podcast. We will be going to some ads and we will return shortly. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? John Cass hosts a great podcast called The State of Global Agile Marketing. John, tell listeners what to expect from the show. The State of Global Agile Marketing seeks to discover how agile marketing is being deployed in different countries around the world. I interview marketers at brands, at agencies, or who are consultants, and explore how companies in different countries are now using agile marketing. Agile marketing is the Use of agile methods to manage the marketing process. Interesting. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at globalagilemarketing.com, on marketingpodcast.net, or search for the state of global agile marketing wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. And welcome back. I love doing that. I love doing that. <laughs> welcome back to the show. So, do you want to introduce this story or will I making? I would love you to uh, share it because I'm coughing like a, oh, <laughs> like no. a terrible cold at the oh, moment. No. So. <laughs> okay, so this is a really interesting story. There has been a trend now towards people not wanting to either post on social media or engage on social media. They're doing it way less than they have ever done it in the past. And this means the whole way social media is working is shifting to creators creating content and then other people engaging on it when they feel like engaging. So people instead of that are using messaging tools like WhatsApp, myself and making have a WhatsApp where we chat to each other about what we're going to talk about on the show during the week. You know, I'm sure you're in many WhatsApp groups. There's also things like Instagram direct messaging, which if you're a business, you probably find you're doing a lot of conversations with customers there. There's also, of course, Facebook Messenger and there's loads of other tools like Telegram and all those other kind of mad ones out there as well. <laughs> 
So this is where people are having their conversations. But of course, that's not good for the social networks. They need stuff to happen in public because they need to have space to run ads so that they can monetize, so that they can actually run the platform. And we've seen from Instagram over the last few weeks that they've introduced quite a few new tools to encourage more engagement. So they had... um, You could, if you had a comment on a post, you could share that post to your story with the comment and highlight the comment, which should technically encourage other people to comment. We had it so that you could, when you shared content, you could just share it with a select group of people, your close contacts, a bit like you could with stories, um, which brought on the whole Wagatha Christie thing, which is honestly the best popcorn I've ever seen in a few years. Um, We've also seen that when people were sharing posts to their stories, they were being prompted by Instagram to add an engagement sticker. So obviously they want more engagement, that stuff that they're doing. And now they're realising that actually one of the reasons that people don't like posts as much as they, they may want to is that they're worried that other people will see their likes and make judgment on them. So things like, you know, if you work for a particular company and you liked one of their competitors' posts, you're, you might get into trouble with your boss. Or maybe if you have a, a specific political opinion and you've liked a post that's related to that political opinion, you don't really want to have a discussion about that with your friends. You've just liked it to support it. And maybe you don't want everyone else to see what your political opinion is. I mean, we know with voting, people are often very um, cautious about saying who they voted for, same kind of thing. We also know that it can result in bullying. So I mentioned this during the digital coffee. Marion Keys, who's a fantastic um, writer, she's based in Ireland. She has the most beautiful, lovely, she just seems like the most lovely person, um, Twitter account. And I remember a, a couple of years ago, she accidentally liked a Twitter post, which was anti-Greta Gerwig. And she people just piled on her. Like she just got attacked left, right and centre for it. And she was like, there's no way I would have done that deliberately. I love Greta Gerwig. I think she's the most adorable person, blah, blah, blah. She had to issue a full apology, you know. And, you know, that's the sort of thing. That's the sort of bullying that really pe- puts people off the Internet. So there's lots of reasons why you might want your not want your post to be your likes to be public. So having kind of like prefaced that, guess what Instagram are going to do, or they're testing at least, is that you will be able to choose who sees when you like a post. So you can make it so nobody sees. So it's just you kind of liking away on the internet, or you can choose just your close friends see it, which would hopefully cut out your bosses and all those other people. Or you can choose that just individual people see your your activity. So I think this, having said all the things that I've just said, I think this is a great move forward. I think it's great for employees of businesses. That's how it will work for us, that they will be able to, you know, just be who they want to be on the internet. I think it's for businesses as well who might accidentally like the wrong post for the wrong political opinion. I think that's good too. What are your thoughts making? I can see lots of thumbs ups and hilarity going on. Yes, I'm absolutely a huge fan of this. Um, I think also um, that there's, it's really funny because um, I think it's about three or four years ago, I used to deliver training to uh, Blackburn College. And uh, one of the stories that I would say is, um, you know, explaining that, you know, just be careful what you tweet and what you like and, and so on. And I gave the example of my sister 
and we actually brought it uh, we actually talked about it last week actually um where she actually liked one of um the previous president's uh tweets because he was inviting a couple to fly over to the states in order to have uh, some um surgery for uh, their little baby which uh, one of the London hospitals didn't want to do um, and so you know from uh, you know I don't endorse a previous president and I erred and odd whether I wanted to share that or not and I decided not to whereas my sister she she chose to share it and, and like it so um, in that instance then I would probably use this option if it was available to um twitter to you know share my like but just not tell the world um but it also it encourages um i think it might encourage us as business owners to post more you know i often talk about create content for the lurkers and it can be a little bit demoralizing knowing that we've posted something we haven't had a share we haven't had a like um you know we haven't had a comment but if we are safe in the knowledge that maybe someone has liked it but they just haven't you know shared it to the world then it might still encourage us to to post so i think that um it's definitely encouraging anything to help business owners or you know charity fundraisers or um you know if you've got a social cause uh to carry on posting good quality content and not be worried about the likes and shares but to you know for the platforms to encourage more engagement and get those conversations started i think it'll be um i think it's always a a good move so i'm a big fan of this yeah, and I think that example you gave was perfect because one of the reasons we don't mention the name of the previous president is because like one time I posted a video where I mentioned the name of the previous pre president and it wasn't particularly disparaging. It was just naming him in relation to something and the trolls jumped on me. So one of the reasons we don't mention him is because the trolls will search you out and just liking a post could be enough on either side to do it. So it's a perfect example of... You know, I don't think I would ever like any of his tweets, but it is a perfect example of what could happen if you do. So it's a really it's a really interesting um, development. So if if anyone else wants to come on and talk about this, you can you can request to speak. I know we've got Jessica and Howard here who are regular contributors, but Emily, Paul. And I can't see who the last one is because of LinkedIn hiding you from me. But I can see uh -huh. is it? Is it Leslie at the bottom? Yeah, Leslie Ann, yes. Any of you that want to come in, I can see we've got Jessica. So let's bring Jessica in. So, <laughs> Jessica, do you want to just introduce yourself? And also congratulations, Jessica, on your new role. Okay. Ah, here we go. Yeah, there's <laughs> something really weird going on with my LinkedIn because it just says member under my profile and you can't see my image. It's really weird. But yeah, anyway, oh. um, <laughs> something weird going on. Um, yeah, um, so this uh, ability to to um, uh, sort of not show whether you're liking something or not, it, it actually came up in conversation with, uh, in my new job. Yes, thank you for the wishes. Um, I started my new job uh, and I'm doing some, delivering some training on LinkedIn with some of the execs that I work with. And one of them said, you know, she asked me, can people see when I've liked something or is it something like a, a like a, uh, like a premiere thing or, or, and, you know, what is it, what is it about that? Because when I open up uh, a post, I can see somebody's name and then 
you know, so-and-so number of likes. And I said, yes, well, if you like something, people that you're connected with can see that. And she said, well, this is a competitor of mine. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because now you can see what your competitor is liking. They they might not know about it, but that would be very, like, if it's something of interest to your competitor, then it's going to be of interest to you. So that's great. But also she'd be afraid of liking it because she doesn't want them to see it. So do you see what I mean? There's, there is a conundrum though. You know, if, if you're connected with competitors or, um, or, or with people that you don't necessarily want to see your uh, likes and dislikes or dislikes or reactions or whatever, then, you know, this is quite a good option because, you know, business as a business, we need lots of likes and engagement, but as individuals, maybe, you know, we don't want people to see that. I, I've been second guessing whether I should like a TikTok in case, um, first of all, if I get more <laughs> of that content that I don't want, or if people judge me for, for liking something because they can see my connections or followers can see that. Do you see what I mean? So I think that's a perfect example of what we were talking about, people's reluctance to post and people's reluctance to engage in general on social. And it is really interesting to hear that because I always assume that it's people who aren't involved in the internet that worry about these things more so than us. So it is really interesting to hear that perspective. What about you making? Yeah, it, um, like Jessica said, it is a conundrum. Um, I actually um, went on a LinkedIn course a couple of weeks ago and the speaker recommended switching off who's viewed your profile because if you have competitors, then they will see who's viewed your profile and then they will jump on them and connect with them and maybe steal your business or, you know, um, potentially. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Now, I um, don't believe in competition, uh, only collaboration. So I'm quite happy for people to see uh, who's been uh, stalking me. Um, but it is interesting how we sort of um, are in fear of, putting things out there in fear of being judged so um so for those who are worried about being judged or worried about our competitors seeing it now we have the option to um hide it i mean i i am a pretty open book to be honest and i think going back to that trump uh, example <gasps> earlier you said his um, name you said his oh you said no i said his name <laughs> damn 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 it <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we need to press that perimenopausal brain. Hang button. on, I, we should because we haven't pressed any buttons and there's been no bell. Hang on, menopausal brain. Just for the people on the podcast who can hear that. <laughs> so I think on reflection, if I did, um, I like I said, I did err an hour whether to retweet it and I decided not to in the end. Um, but I think if I had changed my mind and decided I would do, then I probably would just be honest and open about it. Uh, but that's just me. I am an open book. I'll talk to uh, anyone who will listen, really, about anything and anything, any subject. So, And I think it does. But it's I nice to have the option. Yeah, I can see in Jessica's example as well, because obviously it's not, and it, you know, we're solopreneurs and I'd be the same as you. I don't really care who sees that I view profiles and, you know, I'm not really worried about that at all. I don't care if my competitors want to jump on and connect with those people. I know I'm better than them anyway, so... <laughs> But for another cup, for a larger company that isn't a solopreneur, it is like com competition is more important, you know, so I can totally see why 
your boss, was it your boss, Jessica, would have that exact concern? Does anyone else want yeah, to come exactly. in? Sorry. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. I think it's just, you know, there is an, a, a fear of, you know, it, it, I mean, I think some things should be kept private. And if we have the option to kind of choose what people can see, then I think pro platforms should start to provide that because we don't want engagement to fall. We don't want, you know, as businesses, we don't want that to fall, but we do want to encourage engagement without judgment, I guess. And I, I, I am pretty much an open book in most cases, but I d can tell you that something happened to me once after, as a result of a tweet that I shouldn't have made, but I did. And yeah, you've got to be careful because things can happen. There are consequences sometimes. Yeah. So true. Um, if anyone else wants to come in and speak, you know, you're more than welcome. And while we're waiting for that, um, before we get on to talking about what we're doing this week, I would just like to congratulate May King because I don't know if you were following her on social media last week. We weren't able to record live because she was somewhere else. She was in Utrecht, which I can't even say properly, let alone examine. Oh my God, that conference looked amazing, May King. Tell us all about it. Oh, thanks, Amanda. So it, it was a three-in-one conference, actually. So it was a, a B2B marketing conference, festival of email, and also MarTech Fest. So Mar as in marketing, uh, tech as in uh, technology and AI. And it was an incredible three-day conference. Um, I had a vision of what the perfect conference would be like. And I have to admit, this was nearly there. It had the fun elements uh, and professional elements of um, Andrew and Pete's Atomicon and it had a little bit more the European feel community feel where everyone was made to feel welcome now I'm not from that space but I am a FOMO creator and people brought you know they were quite happy uh, welcoming me in uh, and uh, it was incredible so we had some incredible speakers talking about email incredible speakers talking about AI and uh, incredible speakers talking about B2B tools as well um, and uh, and yes I was hired to be the FOMO creator so I tweeted and I also uh, did a lot of interviews as well some of the interviews were uh, pushed out onto LinkedIn uh, by um, the people that I interviewed and it was absolutely incredible and people loved it so much they're requesting to have it hosted here again uh, next year so um, I'm very fortunately um, Andrew and Nelly the founders of uh, MarTech Fest loved my work so much they said um, we'll be in touch soon so and they sent a fabulous uh, testimonial um, I talked about the show as a case study yesterday on my FOMO creator show and they popped in very quickly and uh, and told the world how amazing I am again, which is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. So, yeah, it, it was incredible. And Amanda, um, I'm going to put you forward as a speaker. If they do do uh, some of the recommendations that I've um, that a friend of a, a new friend of mine and I are going to put forward, um, then uh, we'll you know, I, I really want to appeal to have a new track uh, and and have you speaking there. So I'll definitely put your name forward because mm. it was an incredible, incredible conference. I have to say as well, well, firstly, thank you for that. 
But also, I also think Utrecht should be hiring you to create FOMO because now I want to go there. Like I'd hardly, I barely knew that the place existed. And look, there was like, you uh, went on like some sort of boat ride down the canal. I mean, the weather looked, how yeah. did you get with the weather? Like, honestly, today it's like winter oh. in Ireland. I mean, honestly, you did an amazing job. But sadly, because I've said that, Jessica just messaged me that she had to leave. So she's not going to get to talk about what she, how wonderful she is this week. So I'm just going to say it for Aww. her. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part of the show where we allow people who have been speakers to promote themselves. So I am going to say, we said it at the beginning, Jessica is an amazing marketer. You should follow her on LinkedIn. She... She just finished one job where she was doing maternity cover and she just got a new job. Honestly, people are biting her hand off. So definitely follow her on LinkedIn. You've, I, I feel like you're going to want to want to rest now, making. But what are you up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm creating FOMO again. So this time it's for a digital challenge. Uh, I've been doing this for three years now um, and um, and one um the uh, the organizer ha has a lot of prizes and uh, one of the prizes um on some of the days is an interview with myself just to um bolster that the person um the uh, the winner of um <clears throat> winner of the uh, of the prize uh, of the uh, of the challenge um and uh, give give them a bit more confidence on video give them a bit more confidence in promoting their business and using some of the skills that they've acquired uh, during the challenge so uh, i'm doing that all uh, this week uh, and um and next week, I'm hoping to have a little bit of a rest because I need to <laughs> catch up um, on some stuff. But actually, one thing that I did want to uh, promote, I suppose, is um, I have been attempting to create a FOMO tip every day just to help people understand about FOMO and help them understand how anybody can be uh, can be their own FOMO creator. And I've been attempting to put the tip onto all those social media platforms. Um, so do watch out for that. So whether you're on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, uh, Instagram, threads, I've attempted to put it on there as well, um, and Instagram stories. Um, just uh, watch out for that. Uh, and, um, you know, give me, you know, um, if you've got any questions, then uh, let me know. Slide into my DMs and uh, and ask away. But it's been a lot of fun. We're on day 15. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I've, um, hopefully I've got a, I've received a lot of good feedback on it so far. I want to continue to help people uh, become their own FOMO creators. So is this like day 15 out of 30 or what's the what's the challenge for? Yeah, day 15 out of 30, yeah, September, the September cool. challenge. Great, great. So, yeah, we're halfway through September. You're almost there. Well, you know what I mean. So that's <laughs> great. Um, for me, if you need help with your Google Analytics 4, if you missed that it changed over and you went into your analytics and went, ah, I don't know what's going on here, I am doing a lot right now, a lot of one-to-one -one Google Analytics training. So if you need help with that, I've either got a a short course that you can do which will give you the basics of what you need to know or you can book that one-to-one -one training with me so do get in touch with me Amanda Webb you can send me a direct message on LinkedIn or anywhere else but I'm slower to catch up with the other ones or you can visit my website spiderworking.com to find out more about that and with that 
that's the end of the show. I feel kind of sad. I feel kind of sad making. (laughs) (laughs) It's just we haven't had done this live for a few weeks because of our various schedules clashing. So it's been kind of nice to to be back. But we will be back when making. Same time. (laughs) (laughs) I need the menopausal brain button. Hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) Menopausal (laughs) brain. (laughs) Try again. Try again. Same bat time, same bat place. Next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? John Cass hosts a great podcast called The State of Global Agile Marketing. John, tell listeners what to expect from the show. The State of Global Agile Marketing seeks to discover how agile marketing is being deployed in different countries around the world. I interview marketers at brands, at agencies, or who are consultants, and explore how companies in different countries are now using agile marketing. Agile marketing is the use of agile methods to manage the marketing process. Interesting. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at globalagilemarketing.com on marketingpodcast.net or search for the state of global agile marketing wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.